Howdy folks, welcome to the first edition of Making Connection. To celebrate 10 years of writing in public on the internet, I'm trying something new with this newsletter. I wrote more about it elsewhere, so you can see that in the show notes. Let's just jump right in, shall we? Number one, an incomplete list of TikTok formats. I just started looking at TikTok recently. It's basically an endless feed of portraits, uh, formatted videos, 15 to 60 seconds long, filled with memes and music. Even though it's both a post and consume kind of social media platform, the production quality of the initial feed is really high. So I'm actually not inclined to post, unlike, say, Twitter, where it's easy. Every once in a while, I'll see a TikTok that I like, that I feel like, oh, I could do that, or I could top that. Uh, maybe if my apartment was in such a mess, I might give it a try. Uh, I might still anyway. Uh, so what I want to do here is just list what I found interesting so far in the various formats that these videos come in. It's very systematic. There's just a series of them. Um, so what I found so far is one dance routines, probably what they're most known for Two, lip sync, acting out another comedian's joke or some dumb thing that Trump said three original jokes this is pretty rare Four, tips and life hack videos. Uh, sometimes they play, they, they'll dance while pointing at things and then it'll just be words on the screen, finance, careers, fitness, common five song memes. So you've got that switch song or you've got like this. Yep. Nope. Song. Very easy. Uh, six glow ups before and after with makeup. Uh, seven crazy shots, like uh, an elaborate ping pong shot where they bounce it off the walls or something. Um, or like a, you know, they're throwing the phone up in the air somehow in slow motion. Uh, then they'll do a behind the scenes shot of how crazy that, of that crazy shot. Um, then there are magic tricks, sometimes explaining explanations of how it's done. Um, cooking videos, tips and memes, uh, dares, like kiss your best guy friend. It's a dare meme. I don't know how, how serious people are about this or if it's just for the stunt. And then couple memes where it's like, who's the messiest? And then everyone, like people point at each other or at themselves, depending on uh, what the answer is. So what's interesting to me is that these formats usually emerge. There's someone who kind of invents it and then they're quickly copied by other creators. It almost becomes mandatory as you'll see people say, sorry, it took me so long to do this one, as if it was like expected that you're supposed to do this. TikTok actually encourages this hardcore by making it super easy to grab the background music or track of a video, see who else has done it, and then make your own. Also, there's like an interesting story of how uh, dance moves are mimicking American sign language. So, you know, there's something cool about all this structure and, and sort of the way these things are evolving. Two, friction theory. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about the concept of friction as a way of understanding action at the individual group and organizational level. Uh, there's this sort of glide grind continuum. Um, and so what that looks like is between slow and fast, obscure and obvious, multi-step and one click, resistance and support, divergence and convergence, inertia and momentum. Most of the time we talk about wanting to reduce friction, like fewer clicks, faster load time, but there are obviously times where uh, more friction would actually be valuable too. Uh, diversity means more conflict, but better overall decisions. You build muscle by lifting against heavy resistance, etc. Uh, and there are also situations where, you know, sort of, again, too little friction can be problematic. Icy roads, accidental purchases, shotgun weddings. So I'm going to write more about this, but I think the trick is really to figure out uh, when you want to move up and down the spectrum to get what you want. Uh, 
Three, working out with an N95 mask is not going to supercharge your fitness, sadly. Uh, I've been working out with an N95 mask when I'm running and sometimes on my rooftop uh, of my building when it's busy, even though there are plenty of reasons to believe that it's actually silly when you're outside and distancing. You don't need to wear a mask. You're not going to infect anyone. You're not going to get uh, the virus either. Um, but that aside, working out is usually about challenging your body. And so, you know, obviously it sucks to wear the mask, but maybe you're getting something back in return. So I was thinking that, I don't know if you've seen these Bane-like elevation training masks that my friend Bilal picked up uh, and you put over your face, that maybe I could get some cardiovascular benefit from, from training with these. But I looked it up and this is an article from GQ. Does an elevation training mask really work for your workout? At least in theory, this is all from the article, at least in theory, the masks simulate the effects of altitude training by restricting air intake, limiting the oxygen available to the wearer and helping them train harder. There's just one tiny problem though. According to two studies recently published in the International Journal of Exercise Science, these contraptions might not actually work. The first study examined the effects of wearing an ETM during high-intensity interval training as measured by changes in participants' maximal oxygen intake, or VO2 max. The researchers found that although those wearing the workout mask experienced marginally greater VO2 max increases than the control group, those differences were not statistically significant. In another study I found, specifically on prolonged N95 wearing, only indicates higher nasal resistance, which I don't even understand exactly as a concept, except that it keeps your lungs from collapsing. So um, the bottom line is, sadly, while exercise is good for fighting off COVID and exercise is good in general, um, these masks are probably not going to do much for your fitness. Wah, wah. Number five, uh, my problem with it's time to build. So Mark Andreessen of A16Z um, recently wrote a thing a few weeks ago called It's Time to Build. He basically says that our failure to respond to COVID-19 as a country, America, uh, and our general economic malaise is due to our, quote, complacency and our failure to, quote, build things. He partially means uh, that we need to revitalize America's manufacturing industry, which has been in decline for decades. But he also talks about education, house, housing, and literally jetpacks. Quote, the problem is desire. We need to want these things. The problem is inertia. We need to want these things more than we want to prevent these things, end quote. I don't even really know what that means, but that's the kind of thing that's in there. The piece got a ton of likes and retweets from tech Twitter, but honestly, I was not impressed. I felt like he had shoehorned every problem that society faces into an unwillingness to build, even though whose unwillingness, politicians, CEOs, startup founders, consumers, is not clear. Uh, more from the article here, quote, we see this today with the things we urgently need but don't have. We don't have enough coronavirus tests or test materials, including, amazingly, cotton swabs and common reagents. We don't have enough ventilators, negative pressure rooms, and ICU beds. And we don't have enough surgical masks, eye shields, and medical gowns. As I write this, New York City has put out a desperate call for rain ponchos to be used as medical gowns. Rain ponchos in 2020 in America. So, I mean, he basically seems to think that we're all, the reason we're all struggling due to COVID is because of a shortage of PPE and testing equipment, which is true, but clearly that's after the fact that we failed to respond from a policy and public health perspective, which triggered the need for all this stuff. Building is not some kind of panacea. But I get it. He's a VC. He funds companies. He's talking his own book. 
sure, makes sense. Uh, but let's not pretend otherwise, which is why I was glad to read Scott Birkin's response. Uh, it's time to build where he says a lot of things more clearly than I could. He says, quote, this was not a building problem. It was a priorities problem, a logistics problem, a leadership problem. You could call it many kinds of problems, but building isn't high on the list. It's governments that are historically well-suited to ensure societies against uncommon but devastating events like wars, famines, and natural disasters. Without shareholders and profit motive, they can prioritize differently. America's prized $748 billion military mostly stockpiles missiles, guns, and aircraft that will never be used for their purpose, but we pay anyway. Why? In case we need it. That's what a government can do. Why the same logic isn't used when it's about the health of citizens is a better line of inquiry than simply pointing out that we didn't have enough of something. A small percent of that military budget would have, might have been enough. End quote. Anyway, um, they're both pretty long article, not long, but they're both uh, decent sized articles, so we can't go over all of it here, but I would encourage you to read both of those articles and I'd love to know what you think. So that's it for edition 001 for making connections and in this case, the audio podcast version. Am I going to record one of these for every single uh, newsletter edition? Who knows? Why there are only two zeros? Uh, why there are two zeros in this? Am I really committing to doing 100 or more or else this is kind of pointless? I don't know. Who knows? Let's just do more and see, shall we? Toodles, Jason. <laughs>